Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Conspiracy Underground. We are the Conspiracy Underground news team and the tag team champions of the podcast world. I'm the lunatic fringe of the left lip ghost, and with me is the radical one looking like Randy Savage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Dean, how are you? One year <laughs> celebrating, pounding on this cunt. You're getting uh, fired up today, and I like it. Yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, I mean, this is our, our big... I mean, uh, you need to make the announcement here because <laughs> one year at Pound Town on this cunt. Oh, you did say that. Yes, I did. Yeah, we have uh, officially done one year of cunt. Yeah, every single week. And I don't think that we ever missed a week, did we? The only one uh, we didn't really miss a week uh, recording. You missed one, but that was for for good reason when uh, your dad was in the hospital. But hey, it took two people to to fill in and uh, cover cover for you. So. Hey, they did a good job, though. Uh, they did. They did to, a good job. Thanks to them again. It was Drew and uh, Catalyst, right? Yep. Yep. Dope. Yeah, man. Um, we wanted to, you know, we were thinking maybe like we should do something big for our yearly, you know, 50, 50 seconds episode. Um, and, you know, we, we were talking back and forth. We're like, oh, let's just do a good show. Throw it back. You know, we've been having some guests. Uh, we're we're kind of trying to go a little bit above and beyond here. This may run longer. Maybe. I don't know exactly. But um i've got a lot of good stuff man you know victoria is always coming through a couple other people that i'll I'll make sure to mention when uh excuse me when i play their videos but yeah dude just uh i I think that you know when when you work as hard as we do podcasting we don't need to do something special nobody works than us nobody right and you know what maybe maybe like for our big hundredth cunt uh we'll do we'll do something cool like have a few guests on or have like people pop in and out or something maybe we'll be live by that time too there's only so much you can do um yeah. so excited for uh for a pretty fun show i've got a bunch of stuff i don't know if i said that when we were recording yet but i've got like some some interesting stuff with this whole strike situation going on not necessarily with the the sag or as um they call them in team america world police the film actors guild fag <laughs> uh, i think that's a much better name oh, uh what is the screen guy. Screen Actors Guild, I think, is what it actually is. But yeah, FAG, Film Actors Guild, I think, is better. Right. Um, the the stuff that's kind of tying in also with some some bigger groups like UPS, mm-hmm. uh, the Teamsters are getting involved, which is mm-hmm. a big deal. So um, yeah, man, there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about, and then obviously throwing it back to some more classic conspiracies and shit on this one too. But what do you have going on there, buddy? Boy, oh boy, what do I have going? I'm actually. I'm going to play this clip after we get through the the roundup that we do in the beginning of what I made today. And my, oh. I looked at Bane after tasting this and having a small portion. I said, I don't know how I do it, Poochie. I outdo myself every fucking time it comes to this shit. You <laughs> give them a tiny bit of your really good food that you make, like the stuff that they can eat, not like a full shrimp or anything. Yeah. But... yeah. Um, this I, I didn't because it, it, it's got a little bit of a kick. Okay. Um, and they've they've learned their lesson in the past when uh, dad comes home with hot wings and they, they think they need to, uh, you know, get Apple. in us and yeah. uh, realize, wow, this this really fucking sucks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, you know, I like my spicy food as well. 
And yeah, dude, I just feel bad for the dogs sometimes because they eat the same thing every day. God love them. They're so excited for it. Like it's going to be something different. Yeah. Um, sometimes they get like some chicken broth versus beef broth, or sometimes they get like cut up turkey dogs versus, you know, liver, beef liver right. or something. Uh, but for the most part, it is that good old kibble that they eat and they just, they still enjoy it, man. Oh, they do. They get excited. Uh, I know my dogs got excited today when, when it was time to, to feed them. Now, what I made, I'm going to try my best at my, my Spanish here is Camarones a la Diaba. Diaba. Okay. Yeah, so it's basically shrimp in a red spicy sauce, and you serve it with rice, and I put corn in mine because that's what they did in the video, and man, oh my god, wow, just some of that sweetness from the shrimp and the corn and the spicy, and it just all paired so well together. I doctored mine a little bit more than what the video I sent you. I added some uh, chilies and, a, and adobo sauce uh, okay. to help kick it up even more. It's really easy to make your own adobo sauce. If you look on the back of it, it's like apple cider vinegar, I think tomatoes and like some other shit. It's pretty fucking easy, but I was looking into doing that for maybe like the next big uh, UFC pay-per-view that's coming up this weekend or something. Make some make some meat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I made some fish and chips this weekend because they were in London and I didn't eat any of it. I, I had some shrimp and some French fries. <laughs> um, have you ever had buffalo shrimp? Like chick- you do it the same way that you do chicken wings. Only, yeah, only like a... Like a hot sauce, basically, like a spicy like butter and and like red hot. You know what I mean? Oh, so good! It makes me fart like crazy, though. I oh, will say that. that. All that it's, protein, man. Yeah, I mean it's delicious, though, dude. It was so so bomb. But I just got filled up on those, so I didn't even eat any fish and chips. But yeah, man, good stuff. And dude, I got to show you this real quick too. First ever autograph I pulled from a UFC card box. Not really my favorite fighter, but he is a legend, dude. Cowboy Cerrone. No shit. Pulled an autographed card. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, man. I thought that was kind of cool. Now, what would be dope? I was waiting for you to say Dan Severon. Dan Severon. Who's that? Oh, dude. He was the OG in 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 UFC when it first started. I mean, he he fucking rocked everybody. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm not even gonna act like I was uh, you know, day one fan or anything. Right. I've kind of you know, I liked it in middle school, and then after Dustin Poirier beat Conor McGregor's ass, I kind of like like got another excitement into it, and that's who's fighting in the main event this weekend is Poirier. So I'm excited, man! It's gonna be a gonna be a good time. But what else you get into this weekend? I know we always do that. Uh, this this Friday's episode of uh, Talk of the Tavern, I think the the fans are really gonna love it because we we kind of push some uh, some boundaries and some issues, and uh, it, it was a fun time. And you know, any anytime you, you push back on maybe some religious talk or whatever, but it was done in such a great way that, you know, it, it just flowed. And then last night uh, I walked over to my, my neighbor's house. He lives like three doors up. And uh, so to my surprise, cause he didn't even tell me, he's like, yeah, just come on over. I was like, all right. So I grabbed some beers, walked up. He, I forget the guy's name. Um, I've seen him before. Had his electric acoustic guitar set up on the deck. His amplifiers and everything was just fucking playing some acoustic music. We were throwing some cornhole, drinking some beers, eating some food. A really good fucking time. Really yeah. good time. And uh, just watching everybody and, you know, just sitting around. And I'm like, man, only in a small town, you can, you can do this shit. You know, oh, yeah. spur That's the dope, moment. Yeah. yeah, it is. And then today I woke up, uh, went and got the food, made that, mowed the yard. And here we are sitting down and talking to you. And you're Very pretty nice. Down. I like it. I like it. Yeah, man. I didn't do anything too exciting this weekend. I hung out with the parents yesterday a little bit. 
you know, nothing crazy, dude. Just, you know, I watched the UFC, bets were shit, you know. It was just kind of a lackluster weekend, but excited to uh get back into the week and get to next weekend already. So, we'll see yeah. we'll see what happens there, but um So you said you were you you were making something today. Fill, uh fill us in because I, uh Yeah. I'm you, actually going to make <laughs> Yeah, dude, I'm going to make some fucking uh Taglatelli bolognese. Um nice. Yeah, it's going to, you know, Tagliatelle is kind of like a fettuccine, a little thicker. I got it confused with Pappardelle. Um, Pappardelle okay. is very, it's like a good inch thick. It's like almost eating lasagna shell or uh, lasagna sheets instead of, you know. But um, yeah, do Pappardelle and, and uh, I'm sorry, uh, Tagliatelle and Bolognese. I'm going to throw the cream in there. You know, we're not half-assing it. Uh, now it's got a ton of ground beef to throw in this thing. Now and, it's a pre-made um, sauce. So I'm going to kind of tweak it. I got like a basic sauce and then I kind of do additional stuff because I don't like going the whole tomatoes and then you got to cook it for a long time to get all the shit like right. Right. When I make sauce for pasta, it's usually white sauce because I don't think that the jarred um, white sauce like fettuccine and shit like that is very good. And it's really easy to make. It's just heavy cream. Uh, If you want to put flour in that like a psycho, you can to make it thicker, but I I don't do that. Parmesan cheese, grated Parmesan. A bunch of Parmesan, a bunch of uh, heavy cream, and then like a little olive oil. I usually put like truffle oil in there and stuff. Bomb, dude. I, that's the way that I do it. But, dude, they're really stepping up their game with red sauce jarred now. I'm not even kidding. Like, it's worth it to buy some of the higher-end jars. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That Rao's, R-A-O. Do you yeah, have that yeah, out? Yeah, Rao's, that's, I think. Yeah, Rao's. Right? Yeah, something like that. That's good stuff. And I doctor mine up, too. Are you making a white or red sauce? You're making a white sauce tonight? No, it's going to be a red sauce. So if you're if you're familiar with uh, bolognese or bolognese, I guess is how it would properly be pronounced. But it's it's a red sauce with a bunch of meat, and then you have to put cream in it too, like milk or cream, and yeah. that's what makes. So it's it's technically red, but it's mm-hmm. a little lighter in color. You put carrots in there, so I got my carrots to put in there. It's going to be good. It's going to be a nice. It's kind of a weird sauce. A lot of people when they call a you know a sauce a bolognese. It's just fucking tomato sauce with a bunch of beef in there. And that's not what bolognese is. So Now, uh, the reason I asked you what I did through text is because I had a friend that I haven't talked to in a while from uh, what people here in the United States would call bologna Italy, uh, Bellonese or whatever. Okay. She had given me uh, the recipe. They put finely grated carrots in there to give the the carrots, give it a, a, a sweet taste to to the to the sauce and authentic uh bellonese sauce has uh finely shredded uh carrots in it they took down so you don't really you know what i mean but you get the flavor out of them right right yeah no i hear you dude i did carrots and all kinds of stuff my mom uh used to fuck around and put like with ground beef tacos mm-hmm. chop up carrots and potatoes in with the ground beef and mm. I mean, dude, it's fucking good, man. Like people say that these fucking ground beef tacos are white boy tacos. Dude, I've had the nicest fucking, you know, shredded beef, shredded chicken, carnitas, all these things. I still like a ground beef taco. Yeah, I can't lie. I I made them the other day uh, again. What, what day was it? Wednesday. Um, I was like, I, I couldn't figure out what to, to make. And I was like, you know what? I'm just making basic white boy tacos like and added you know i doctored up put some you know you got to put a lot of fucking onion in your burger and shit right and, and what have you but they they were just so fucking good you know some refried beans in there the meat the cheese the lettuce the hot sauce and salsa ah 
I mean, yeah, just trashing it up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, so I did get my Arbola chilies to make my, you know, good salsa and stuff later. But, you know, we're kind of trying to be a little cheap this week. Nice cut, by the way. Trying to be kind of cheap. And, uh, and, um, you know, I'm trying not to put too many miles on my car. So, like, I tried to plan out the, mm-hmm. the meals for the week. And so just got a big old tube of ground beef, use my meat discount. Um, you know, all all kinds of stuff like that. It was a good time. And, and for the record, before we get into videos, guys, this is going to be, um, you know, one of those ones, this show is kind of intended to be a video show. Like we show a lot of clips. Um, the only place I do mine is on Patreon. I don't know if you have it on YouTube, but you know, if you're not already a member that now would be a good time to get into it. Cause, uh, there's a lot of video content here for the, uh, people. So either mine or ghosts, your choice um but what do you say we get into this dude we got a lot of shit we do i say we do should i show that recipe real quick yeah do your recipe then we'll uh they'll move on to some more uh serious stuff here but i got a lot of stuff i'm actually excited to talk about too yeah Uh, it it was actually a good week for for some shit to be honest with you yeah and, and ironically above top secret is very very mellow right now so i didn't do hardly anything from that it's mostly from the great uh supporters of my show um, nice but yeah let's check out this fucking recipe all right hi friends let's make camarones a la diabla which is shrimp in a spicy red sauce in a pan we're gonna heat a little bit of oil add two garlic cloves a fourth of an onion two tomatoes and mix add three new mexico chiles you can also use guajillo Mix and add five to seven chiles de árbol. If you don't want it too spicy, you can add one or two. Once everything starts to get softer, add one cup of water and let it simmer for about five minutes. Let it cool down a bit. And now we're going to add everything to a blender, including the water. We're also going to add one teaspoon of chicken bouillon and one teaspoon of salt. Blend well and the sauce is ready. Yeah. Now in another pan, we're going to. So I did. Already into it. Yeah, I, I already did. When I did it, I added. A whole onion, two tomatoes, I think five cloves of garlic, a handful of uh, wahilo chilies, and hapone, hapone chilies. I forget. Now, you didn't get the arbol or the arbol chilies at all? That's what I'm making my salsa with. Yes, um, because I I didn't because I already had these chilies in the cupboard, and I was like, just use them. And I didn't put the chicken seasoning in, uh, the bouillon. I put a packet of that saison in. So that was the only only thing and uh, chilies and adobo sauce. Okay. We're going to melt two tablespoons of butter. Once it's melted, we're going to add half an onion cut into strips like this. Mix, mix, mix. And once translucent, we're going to add one pound of shrimp. I like to use the one with the tail on. Season with half a teaspoon of salt, half a teaspoon of garlic powder, and half a teaspoon of black pepper. Mix, mix, mix. And once the shrimp is cooked and turns pink, add the sauce we just made. And don't miss this step. Make sure to strain it. Mix, bring to a boil, and let it simmer for a good five minutes. And it's ready. Look at this deliciousness. It is now ready to serve. I like to serve with some white rice. And yummy, yum, yum. Enjoy. Very nice. Come on. I I came across. I was sitting there. I was like, man, I want some Mexican food. And it, it was scrolling on TikTok like I normally do looking for some cool recipes and i was like wait a minute i want some shrimp and i came across that and i was like that that's what i'm fucking making today i've never had be kind of cool dude is doing like a uh like a mexican crawfish type thing oh have you ever have you ever had the argentine shrimp 
I don't think so. You got to get those if you can get your hands on them, man. Those are like, those are, if you think that that crawfish is lobster, that shit is lobster. Like they even advertise it on the package that it's got the same look and texture of lobster. Are they the bigger shrimp? No, they're red. Oh, they're red. Okay. Red shrimp. They're the shit though, dude. To anyone out there. I say this all the time. You get shit in Tucson that you think you should get here on the East Coast and we don't get it. Hey, dude, I'm telling you, it's fucking underrated. I'm telling you, you got to get out here. You, I think you really ought to move out here. I'm, I'm, If not Tucson, fucking just Arizona, dude. It's underrated, man. It's hot as it, fuck, but it's underrated. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> I had to laugh. I was going to send you a, a, a screenshot of, of uh, the temperature this week and the humidity. Uh, <laughs> you were like, dude, it's fucking hot as hell, and it was like 20% humidity. Yeah. And I laughing at you and i was telling roar dog at work and he started laughing he's like 20 percent. he's like, i'd give anything for 20 percent. i said that's what i told ryan i said the other day we woke up and it was 100 percent humidity and it was like 79 degrees as soon as you walked out the house it <laughs> just yeah. like actually in the face you're just like fuck <laughs> you gotta hold your breath when you're walking in your car because you're gonna yeah. drown i mean we got up to 45 55 over the the last week but you know nothing compared to the shit that you guys deal with but it's fucking underrated here man i'm telling you that right now it is um, i miss the dry the dry air it's it's i didn't have allergies when i was stationed in new mexico um you know, it very similar, very well, it's similar to Arizona, but it, I mean, I was on the Texas, Mexico border, but man, for four fucking years, I didn't take allergy medicines. I, there was nothing that was grown that I was allergic to that obviously they didn't fucking grow. Hay. that's the big thing that I'm, I'm allergic to with pollen, but there's tons of hay out here. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, shit. Yeah. There's like big old hay farms and, uh, yeah, but, and dude, yesterday, cause the monsoons are here. I literally on the way home from my parents' house yesterday. It's a, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 mile drive. But when I got like down my like back country road type shit, I literally saw there's these deadly fucking frogs out here. And if you have dogs, you know, obviously if you end up moving out here someday, which hopefully you do, the, the dogs that you bring, dude, you gotta fucking watch out for these frogs. They're worse than snakes. If, if your dog gets a hold of them because they won't bite. Obviously, but they're poisonous. They're Colorado River toads, is what they are. Okay. I saw twenty of these fucking things, dude. And I was trying to run over them in my car and shit. Some of them, like you know, when they're small, obviously they're tadpoles. They can get that fucking big, like as big as my head, essentially. Holy fuck! Yeah, dude. And I've been a bullfrog. Yeah, they're they're well, yeah, they're toads. They're massive toads. So, um, but yeah, like these are the toads too that like people will lick the back of them. I was just real fucking yeah, real (laughs) fucked up. I was gonna say, are these the toads that Beavis and Butthead licked the back of and had a fucking bizarre trip? Yeah. Oh, that's the thing. So it'll trip you the fuck out as a person, but a dog, it'll kill them. So like, it's essentially like they're done if they catch one of these frogs. You have to like basically drown them with water with a hose, and you can't squirt it down their throat. You have to go from one side to the other, so you have to like. Yeah, you have to like fucking almost drown your damn dog and then they could still die, dude. Like that's how my uncle and aunt lost their dog. And it's just, dude, I'm always so scared every time those things are on because, you know, rattlesnakes are scary, mm-hmm. but, you know, they can bite your dog and it'll be dry, like a dry bite. So they just kind of get like a face swell. Um, there's anti venom shit, but like the, the Colorado River toads can kill them pretty quick, dude. So, dude, Arizona sounds a lot like Australia. I, with, it is, dude. I was thinking that too. 
<laughs> without the ocean. Yeah, yeah. There's no. Uh, it's not as pretty either. I'm sure, but um, yeah, man. A lot of similarities there. But let me pull up some of these here. I got quite a bit of uh, good stuff. I don't know where to start. Um, maybe we'll start with a pressing issue here, and then I have also something that I'll have to pull up in my email to kind of elaborate on this. But this is the strike thing. Okay, can, um, can, can I just say one thing? You see the guy that's wearing like the blue. Uh, he's sitting on a chair. Something yeah. about don't play that one because Hank sent me that as well, and I want to give Hank a shout out. Um, because okay. he uh he said he's like, hey, here's some cunt fodder. So I was like, all right, so I'll play it. For yeah, well, you know what's funny is Hank and Victoria both sent me this. Same, same. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's nuts, dude. Like some of these clips are just so perfect for the show. So yeah, we'll get into that. I'll let you uh give the six four three podcast to shine there. But yeah, man, here is something that I believe I was sent from Victoria. Um, that is definitely a pressing issue. It's something that's going on right now. So, uh, the the whole strike. Let's see if I can get this. So here we have the WGA, the Writers Guild of America strike, and then the SAG after strike, which is the one that got me kind of excited. This is so this is like uh, eleven thousand people, one hundred and sixty thousand people. UPS, that's all the mailmen. Teamsters, though, that's the bigger part of the tidal wave. They're basically like a biker gang that isn't illegal, but it's like same vibe. You know what I mean? Their negotiation strategy is punching you in the face. So when these guys, when Teamsters go on strike, that's when things start wrapping up because nobody fucks with them. This tidal wave is the logistics arm, right? So if this breaks down, if there's no logistics happening, then there's no commerce in America. All of the finance grinds to a halt. All of the commerce grinds to a halt because the entire country, all of the commerce runs on logistics, getting things from point A to point B. So nothing's getting any there. The no money is changing hands and the entire economy collapses. This one group is the most important striking group. Everybody knows this. And so... When this starts, shit's going to get dicey, and there's going to be a lot of, like, federal shenanigans trying to break this up. We might see, like, domestic mobilization and stuff like that to deal with this, because nobody really wants to negotiate with them. But, I mean, it should be fine, because America doesn't harm its own citizens. That's never happened. What's weird is this is happening during a housing crisis as well. Uh, in Canada, and I think lots of the United States, people are not able to afford the mortgages that they took out. Um, the underlying asset price for housing has skyrocketed due to a decade of 0% interest rates and choked supply through municipal decisions. Like there's just a perfect storm of increasing asset prices for housing, which was kind of the retirement plan for the boomer generation. And now with high interest rates, it's all falling apart. People aren't able to pay the mortgages on these high uh, base asset priced things. Um, they're not able to charge enough rent to cover the mortgage. So these strikes are happening right at the start of a wave of foreclosures. And I think that we're going to see a lot of other um, industries kind of modernizing their labor agreement. In BC, where I'm from, tech workers are not part of even the standard labor agreement. Like, as a tech worker, if you're employed, you're not uh, allowed overtime pay. <laughs> or, like, they just don't have to pay you overtime ever. Um, they don't have to pay you extra. Or, like, there's no bonuses for having you work over salary. So, um Provincially, this is provincially protected. You could come to BC and start a technology company and work somebody for 20 hours a day for $60,000 a year. That's legal. <laughs> that's that's not just legal. It's encouraged. It's like um, advertising for the province. So things are looking exciting, a little bit scary, but a little bit exciting too. We might see some good gains for the people in our democracy this year. Maybe. Yeah, interesting stuff. And then uh, while... 
you kind of give me your thoughts on that. I'm going to pull up something that I had emailed myself about the leader of the Teamsters um, talking about this. It's about a six minute long video, so we can kind of you know talk. We can pause it and we can get go back and forth a little bit. But I mean, what do you think about all that? It sounds in theory like the perfect storm, but we uh-huh. see this kind of shit a lot. Right, we do. Um, are you telling me Jimmy Hoffa's back from the dead? Right, dude. I see. That's the thing. I hadn't heard of the Teamsters, but I had heard of Jimmy Hoffa, and I thought it was just wild. I was like, "Oh shit, it's yeah. a fucking secret society. It's like a mob, right?" Yeah, pretty much. They they are the union of unions. When he when he described it as like a biker gang, but being legal, they are. And the Teamsters were started, if if my memory serves right, um, right around Henry Ford's time, and Henry Ford. Did not want fucking unions. And B. Johnson was the one that I heard, I think. But you might be right. Right. So they were trying to unionize uh, the workers in the the Ford Motor Motor Company. And, I mean, Henry Ford kind of ruled that with an iron fist. It didn't work out. And obviously they got unionized. But Teamsters... I'm pretty sure were the union that eventually represented uh, the Ford workers Um, with this perfect storm. uh, Wow. You're right. We see it a lot. Um, I know if I wouldn't have done a fixed uh, interest rate on my house, I'd be fucked right now. Dude, me too. That's what I'm saying, man. The people that didn't get that are fucked. Like I'm so thankful that, and I didn't even know because it was a first time like home buyer. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you were too, right? Not too many people buy multiple houses throughout their life. I hope to get out of here soon. But I mean, dude, it's just nuts. Fucking, you know, 600 bucks when I'm hearing all kinds of other people like their shit's doubling and tripling. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, dude. Like, I know my value of my property has almost tripled Yeah, in the seven years that I've lived here. Yeah. But sorry, I stepped on what you were saying. No, no, no. You, you didn't step on me at all. My mine's went up as well. I was just thinking when you were saying that, you know, going through the the homeowner purchase and all the paperwork and what have you, and Rocket Mortgage or Quicken Loans, whatever you want to call it, hands down the best out there. On not an advertiser, not a uh, promo code M three E for yeah for <laughs> for a fixed rate of one percent. Um, but hands down, best customer service, JD Power, all their shit, spot on. Anyway, they the person that I was dealing with was like, you could do a variable, you know, some you could get as low as like one percent, you know, and if the market changes, it could go up, uh, you know, maybe five to six, you know, but it's it's not likely to ever do that. Or you could stay with a fixed at three point nine nine, and something just said, I'm going to stick with the three point nine nine. If I wouldn't have, I'd be on the fucking streets right now. Mm. Yeah, man. It's nuts, dude. I, I Like I said, I got lucky. It sounds like you got lucky, too. I feel bad for people that want to buy houses that maybe haven't yet because I don't right. know if you'll have a chance to. Right? No. Not and until- I'm not living in some fucking mansion. So it might actually be like at the end of the day, renting isn't that bad because, you know, if if something breaks, something expensive breaks, it's on the landlord to buy that, right, or to to replace it. And if not, they violate your contract. But at the same time, your ass is still out on the street if they violate that contract. So the power is in the hands right. of the landlord at the end of the day. But I don't know, man. Being a homeowner isn't great. It kind of sucks sometimes. You know Heck what I mean? But you scary. do have that. 
it's very scary, dude. I actually, I have talked about this. I have to, you know, fix up a bathroom that I have that has black mold. And mm-hmm. I think it's between the walls. I can smell it. It has a very distinct smell, but I can't smell it throughout my house. Cause we like fucking condemn the room. <laughs> like it's like, no one goes in that bathroom, but like, I got to fucking get in there and cut it. And I'm not going to pay some motherfucker to come in and do yeah. this. I'm not going to, you know, YouTube can teach all things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go in there and fuck around, but it's just like, you know, I, I can't do it just yet. I need a little bit of extra money to do it. So it's not all it's cracked up to be. If I was renting this place, hey, landlord, you got to fix this black mold. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a it's a problem, you know, so it has its pros and cons, man. But I do feel bad for people that want to buy houses that just have. Yeah, yeah right now it, 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 it's it's a seller's market, but it's not a buyer's market. Well, yeah, yeah, it's the one <laughs> or the other usually. <laughs> right. I mean, you put that on the T-shirt. Who could, yeah. Who could who can afford uh, seven, eight, nine percent interest rate on a fucking house. Like nobody, vehicles no, too. Oh, yeah, and vehicles. And hell, I got I got raped around around the ass when I was a young airman in the Air Force, and you know, bought my first car and what have you, dude. I was paying nineteen percent interest as a young kid. Didn't know any different. Didn't know any different. You know, and looking back on it now, I'll never do that again. Mm-hmm. Really fucked you. Or do that again. Yeah, I got a really shitty rate on my truck that I had. I love that damn truck, but the literally the month that I made my last payment, it fucking broke down. Yeah, like that's just... how it works. It's like a lifetime fucking deal, dude. Like the life yeah. of the vehicle, at least. Yeah. But to expand on what we were just listening to right there, the guy gave a good story. This is an interview with the leader of this uh, Teamsters thing. It's a little long. Um, we can pause it if you have any comments or anything. This is from MSNBC, but um. You know, he he talks about a lot of this stuff, and this could potentially be something that that turns out to be pretty important. So I think it's worth uh, the listeners to at least uh, hear here. So here we go. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 140,000 UPS union workers are poised to go on strike as early as next week if they don't reach a deal with UPS. The strike could be one of the largest and costliest in American history. Joining me now is the president of the union that represents the UPS workers, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, Sean O'Brien. He's a fourth-generation Teamster himself. Sean, I apologize. I called you the uh, United Brotherhood of Teamsters. I'm confusing UPS's name, of course, with Teamsters, the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. Right away there, fourth generation Teamster, Universal Brotherhood of Teamsters. That's wild. I mean, this is a fucking society right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I, I appreciate you being here. I, I tried to lay out the case as, as well as I could. It's, it's a lot going on. Tell me what I missed uh, in terms of what's going on between the Teamsters and UPS right now. Well, I think you're correct. We made a, a significant amount of movement. Uh, 95% of the contract non-economic issues are done. Um, we've made improvements on air conditioning, made improvements uh, on protecting against excessive heat. Uh, we've secured Martin Luther King as a paid holiday. Martin Luther King Day, we also uh, got about 65 uh, total improvements, all favorable for our members. Uh, and then we get down to economics, and uh, that's where that's where it broke down on July 5th at 4.15 a.m. And what's your sense of it? I mean, obviously, you're not in the business of, of predicting uh, or, or, or putting your thumb on the scale, but do you have a sense that there's going to be a strike? 
Look, that's up to UPS, and I've been saying that for the last couple of weeks because UPS knows what our members want and need, um, especially in light of you know their record earnings. Uh, they've been giving stock stock options at fifty percent higher. They paid eight point four billion out uh, to the stockholders. It's been lucrative uh, stock options for CEOs and upper management. And all the while, uh, those folks have never touched, loaded, and or delivered a package, especially through the pandemic, where our members uh, sacrificed uh, themselves on a daily basis, worked extremely hard to put put supply chain solution as a priority and make sure people had everything they needed. And now it's time to reward those folks. And, and, you know, comparing this to 1997, where some of the demands were similar, the big difference, of course, is this just-in-time economy we're in, the thing that we all learned during uh, during COVID, right? I, most Americans didn't really think about supply chain all that much. Now we all know everything about supply chain. Does the potential effect on the economy, including the potential of a recession, uh, d- does that come into your thinking at all, or do you need to stay laser-focused on the, the demands that you've got and getting what you can out of UPS? Yeah, we're staying laser focused on, you know, getting the best contract for our members. Uh, you know, obviously, I don't think anybody wants a recession. Um, We're in a recession, you fucks. Supply chain and how valuable Teamsters are. And we've proved our worth. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we can't compromise uh, any of our beliefs or disciplines. Uh, and if we do go into a recession, I mean, I think we've all seen recessions. They've come, we've come out of them. Uh, but we can't we can't compromise our position right now. And uh, I think we've got some tremendous leverage. And we're going to utilize that to get the best contract regardless. Do, do you share the view that a prolonged uh, Teamster strike at UPS could trigger a recession? No, I'm certain it could. I'm certain it could, and there's no. No, it would trigger a fucking depression. You fucking jackass motherfuckers. Who are you talking about here? Who's being the jackass? Both of them. They're like, oh, uh, we might go into a recession. This could trigger a recession. We've been in a recession since Joe fucking Biden three months after he took fucking office. Nobody wants to fucking admit it, but if you go by the fucking actual terms of a recession, the old old one, they changed that. They changed. We're in a fucking reset. We're on the brink of fucking depression. Yeah, it's gotten bad. <laughs> and all this motherfucker wants to do it. They don't give a fuck about air conditioning in their trucks. They don't give a fuck about all that pretty little shit that he said. They just want fucking paid. Give me more fucking money. Pay me for my worth. That's all they want. That's what any employee wants when they're unhappy at work. Amy, for my worth, Amy, for what I do for your company, that you can sit there and make your billions and millions, whatever it is, off your stocks. While I sit here and slave, bust my ass, blood, sweat and tears for you to wear your little suit and go to your fancy little fucking parties all the time. Amy, my worth. That's all anybody wants in any career field out there, period. Well, no one's getting paid their worth. That's the thing. Like, no, not even after they get all these uh, things. Martin Luther King is a paid holiday. Who gives a fuck? Right. Um, You know, all these different things. They're very small. Air conditioning. I mean, you know, the safety of workers is important, Uh, you know, especially like, dude, I can't imagine fucking working in like these open door fucking UPS vans out here. Here's the thing about the air conditioning, though, Ryan. When they get to a stop, they have to turn their vehicle off. Sometimes they're only in their vehicle 10, 10 minutes. They're at their next stop. 15 minutes are at their next stop. I mean, it's like, bam, bam, bam. Their truck's never going to, if if it's not running, it's just going to get hot, blow hot air on them. Now they're at their next stop. So these guys are like, hey, I'm smart. If I leave my doors open, I'm climatized. As long as I stay hydrated and I'm climatized to what's going, sure. what, what the outside is, 
I'm fine. I, I, I can get through it. Yeah. I, I mean, I get the importance of like these little perks and like the safety things. Right. But they make it a little bit too much. Like obviously right. just raise the rates, raise the, you know, double, double, triple, whatever. You, I mean, they can afford this stuff. Right. Yeah. That's the problem with, you know, capital capitalism as a whole is that, you know, all these companies have to be profitable year over year. Maybe you start caring about the employees more than you start caring about, or you know, the shareholders and shit like yeah. that. Like these people, the shareholders, yeah, man, you know, people all want to get their investment, uh, you know, back and then, you know, profit on that. But it's not as important as as like, you know, taking care of workers and whatnot. But I will say, dude, this is this is coming at a really interesting time. All these strikes and all these things is yeah. coming just in time for the 2024 election cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and these picket signs need to say, what can Brown do for me? Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's weird, dude. It's an interesting thing. Do you want to keep going with this or do we have the idea of what, what we're, we can, we can go for a little bit more. I, I, man, this got me like fucking hyped up. I mean, it's, it's frustrating because this guy seeming like he's got the interests of the people, you know, that work for UPS on his head, but that is clearly not not the case. Right. It's in his head, not in his heart. Right. He's a uh, smart. I don't even think it's an impact on the economy, but like anything else, there's uh, there's going to be short term pain for a long term gain. She's so hot. What do uh, people need to know about UPS and its capacity? When people say, "Well, okay, if UPS strikes, uh, you know, people, we use FedEx and the U.S. Postal Service." What do they need to know about why that's not going to work? Well, it's not going to work because you know one thing UPS is good at is providing service. Our members provide the best service. Uh, UPS has the infrastructure to handle. Uh, more and more volume. Uh, FedEx and the post office don't have that type of infrastructure. Um, and, you know, that's that's good for us in a way because, look, like anything else, we're going to try and avoid a strike. But at the end of the day, UPS is going to, if they don't give our members what they want, they will cause the strike. And, you know, volume will eventually come back. So I would just say, you know, uh, keep the faith and let us do our thing. And hopefully we get a deal this week. If not, uh, UPS chose to strike themselves. You, what difference does it make to you or how much does it? Dude, you know what I just thought of right now? And we can actually, you know, wrap up this one shortly. Okay. All these illegal immigrants that are coming into the country. What if a bunch of Americans are encouraged by communist fucking organizations like this? This is a kind. I mean, unions are kind of communist, right? Oh, yeah. I, I will never work for a union again. Okay. So listen to this. What if these communist leftists that are out here telling people, no, you're worth more, so much more as an American, you're worth more. These illegal Mexicans they aren't worth as much and they know that and they're willing to work. What if there's some legislation that comes in later saying that all these companies can hire anyone that they want. If they want to hire illegals for a fucking quarter of that price, go ahead and, and they just fire all these people. Yeah. There'll be a lawsuit and blah, blah, blah. But all these fucking people that are willing to come in and work. And when I say they're not as worth as much, obviously their life is worth the same, but they will work for a lot less. Yes. Right. That's because like a the lot whole... less to them is a lot to them. Yeah, a lot. When they're not used to getting anything. You know, when you're working in Mexico, there's poor people in Mexico and there's rich people in Mexico. The middle class is very small there. Right. So they're willing, if they're leaving the country and they're trying to come over here or they're coming in from other countries, worse countries in Mexico, through the Mexican border since it's wide fucking open. Mm-hmm. Dude, you know, some Pakistani, you know, underage people would gladly deliver your UPS packages for $5 a fucking day, I bet. You know what I mean? So it, to me, it's just nuts, dude, that like maybe this is setting up something huge where there is a lot of fucking homeless people, homeless Americans here in the near future. 
Well, Tyson, um, that crazy Canuck, when him and I were talking, he brought to my attention that South Americans were actually flying up to Canada and coming down through the Canadian border because it was way more easier to hide. It's it's just as open. Oh, sure. It's open with forest. So all they have to do is dip in, scurry around. You're hidden. You know, and and I was like, holy shit, I didn't know that. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, it's a big problem up here. Mm. Fucked up, man. Okay, so this was another one. This is kind of shifting gears pretty quickly here. Um, This is one that I thought I saved. I need to make sure, double back. This is an old one that that Victoria sent last week. And then I'm going to get into some other folks, too. um, Okay. Because we got some some pretty good stuff sent from all over the place victoria just constantly coming in clutch it, it, it's funny uh it, it, so so randomly and 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 well, i call it random but like this morning uh i woke up and there was like three or four messages you know dms from victoria and i'm looking at them like oh shit this is some good stuff you know just constant you know like here 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 yeah and so I will admit it's sometimes it's hard to keep up. She she fucking brings some good information for yeah. us to hear on the show. Yeah, I definitely never see all of her messages. And I usually um, like I know that she sends me a lot of shit. So I just wait until Sunday to open them so that I can save them right away. And I'm like, OK, this one's good. This one's good. This one's whatever. You know what I mean? So, yeah, keep them coming. Like and, and anyone out there too, like send us shit. Obviously, you know, we get the bulk of this stuff from just a couple people. So anyone else that wants to kind of get in on this kind of fun stuff is uh, is welcome to do so. Hey, maybe we should do a value for value and uh, make these uh, people like, it, 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 you know, producers of the show. Doesn't that Honorary sound very cunts? Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was just poking <laughs> fun. <laughs> Dude, this is nuts right here. This is absolutely crazy because think about what all of our underwear is made out of, right? Like polyester, like mm-hmm. the Under Armour. That, that's the only kind of underwear I wear because it's comfy. It keeps my balls cool in this Arizona summer. Um, but it's pretty interesting stuff. So check this out. Early dead person has a frequency of about 15, and that is where polyester. Okay, so that stitch was about polyester, the fabric emitting the same frequency as a nearly dead human um and it reminded me of this study released in 92 out of cairo that proved that polyester is a hundred percent effective as a male contraceptive it's a hundred percent effective in preventing pregnancy in women men wearing polyester crazy merely wearing polyester wow come take a look so 14 men wore a polyester sling for 12 months. During the suspenser wearing period, the suspenser is the sling, all men became azoospermic, meaning their sperm was no longer modal, meaning no longer viable. All men. So when they wore the polyester sling, women couldn't get pregnant. Now, when they release, they take off the suspenser, the sling, the sperm concentration returns to pre-test levels, blah, 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 normalized. The five couples who had planned to become pregnant conceived. No fucking problem, okay? No harm, no foul, wore a polyester sling, did not have to consume hormones, 
that were synthetic and completely foreign to your body causing bedlam, bedlam in your thyroid and your nervous system and your gut, everything, okay? Bedlam. Mm. All these brothers had to do was wear a polyester sling around their dick. That's it. They took it off and it was as if it was never there. So just to really drive this puppy home, let's read this together. To conclude, fertile men can be rendered azuspermic, not having working sperm, by wearing the polyester sling. Wearing fucking fabric. It is a safe, reversible, acceptable, and inexpensive, why Big Pharma doesn't produce it, method of contraception in men. The other reason why Big Pharma doesn't do it. Crazy, right? Yeah, I didn't need to scream at the end, but... <laughs> I know, she's kind of hot, though. I liked it. Eh, a little Selma Hayek vibe there. <laughs> it's funny, she's like, no problem. <laughs> like, yeah. like, oh, that, that, <laughs> that accent's coming out a little more than you wanted there. That's nuts, though, dude, because that's the only kind of underwear really? that I wear. Yeah. I See, I'm, I'm, I've been always... Uh, I've worn polyester in the past or, or silk or whatever back in the day. I like cotton. You know what I mean? It, to me, it, it wicks away. It just, I don't know. But to know that if you're wearing polyester around your cock and balls and you're going to have sex with, you know, your partner or whatever that, and it makes you sterile, temporarily sterile and, and tell you like, okay, don't wear it for a while. I never knew that. Like, that it, it it's mind blowing, and obviously, why big pharma wouldn't you know push it or support it or what have you because it's cheap. It would be probably considered a holistic uh, avenue for contraception at this point. But mm. it's it I, that's crazy. I never knew that. Yeah, dude, nuts, wild, wild stuff. Okay, changing gears here again. Um, pretty interesting stuff with black goo with graphene check this out this is a rat this rat has had its spinal cord completely cut in Rats half top. with c5 at the base of the neck and then we put one drop of graphene nano ribbons in and the there's immediate communication between the brain and the bottom of the body and so now the brain is remapping the bottom of the body in the first week and by this by two weeks after surgery this rat is walking around with a completely cut in half spinal cord and that's with one drop of a 1% solution of, of pegylated graphene nanoribbons. And at week two, he scored an 18 out of 21 on, on a mobility scale, 21 being, being a, a, a fully restored mobility. And now here, here he is after three weeks, uh, uh, just, just ready to run, ready to go. And uh, uh, at this, this point, he scored a, 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 a 19 out of 21 on a mobility scale with a completely cleaved spinal cord that's been remended with graphene nano ribbons. So it gives you this small overview of some of the things that we work on in our group. So family, did you guys hear what the science guy just said? Were you listening? They cut off the rat's neck, severed his vertebrae. They didn't stitch it back together. They didn't do surgery. They used a drop of pegulated graphene, nigga, liquid, a drop on his neck, the severed neck, and the graphene reformed all the severed connections. 
got him walking back, talking faster, <laughs> running faster. You know what I mean? Like the six million dollar man over here, dog. You feel me? But this is way more advanced than that cyborg shit that they used to show you. Remember? This is the black ghoul family. It's a living nano cell. And this is where I'm telling you to get the zombie thing from. So imagine all the people with the Jabberwocky in them and the graphene oxide. When their nerves are shut off, they come back to life. Like all them fish and all them animals I've been showing you, they're supposed to be dead. They all coming back to life. I'm telling you, all them things been had the black ghoul graphene oxide. Now you guys are starting to get it, right? You're starting to understand. <laughs> this is what's been going on the whole time. This is what them cyborgs been running off of. This is your president, your vice president, and all your superstars. This is all of them family. They're these graphene oxide zombies. Yes, I am dead. Remember saying them. When this graphene oxide done reset your nerves and reconnect everything, it takes over your consciousness too. Don't tell me it don't. This is a living sentient being. Don't tell me nothing. And whatever frequency wave it's working off of, it takes you over. This is it right here, family. Let's go. <laughs> chop, chop. Yeah. Wild, huh? All I can say is venom. Well, that was what uh, Eminem was rapping about in the background. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, Holy fuck. Like we kind of knew this a little bit, but it was still kind of like, all right, is it conspiracy? Is it not? You know, cause you don't know. This, this rat was cut in half literally by its it, on its spine and it, the graphene oxide just, okay, Hey, we're going to reassemble here and bada bing, bada boom. You're back to normal with no pain. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Mm -hmm. Even even in the beginning stages of people talking about the uh, graphene oxide, it always reminded me of Venom, you know, because it made him do bigger and better things. You, you know what I mean? When when the, the creature would come out and, you know, sometimes it wasn't always good, but yeah, it's it's fucking nuts. Yeah, man, it's absolutely wild that that uh, you can snap something's spine in half, give it a tiny bit of this chemical, and then it just fixes it all. It makes sense, maybe that uh, that this is what some politicians use. You know, the whole thing with adrenochrome. I'm seeing videos now of Jim Caviezel talking about adrenochrome on fucking YouTube. It's like, dude, how is that allowed on there? Yeah, how he, is that shit allowed? Been, yeah, he's been talking about that for for a few years. Um, but like you said, how, if you and I were to do that and release an episode and put it up on YouTube, boom, we'd be taken, taken the fuck down. And the fact that he's not, I don't know. I, I, I got mixed emotions with that, that movie, him, the guy he's portraying in the movie. I, I don't know. I know Colorado Dank's been doing, you know, some research and, and posting shit on Instagram and I, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, how everybody thought of Trump. Oh, he's the good guy. No, he's still fucking government. He's still fucking government. And he's really not here to help you. He may look yeah. like he's here to help you, but he's not. He's not. Yeah, it's tough, man. A lot of people just kind of want uh, want somebody to help them. You know, it, it is strange, too. You get the, uh, you know, the, the former QAnon people that are still like trying to to act like they know something is going on. And I'm not talking about Catalyst. You know, he's a friend, friend of mine, friend of yours, but there's some people out there that that were fully duped by Q and then they're acting like they now have the answers after they they saw the 
deception coming from Q. Now they're really awake this time. It's yeah. not it's not <laughs> fake this one. Um, and it's strange. It's a strange thing that these people didn't really learn their lesson, um, you know, from that first one. But this is an interesting one as well. This is coming from this um this account AGM music. And hopefully he doesn't mind being shouted out here. Um I said well, I was gonna talk it. about this. Well, I know it's too late. <laughs> said I was gonna talk about this on the news show, and he said no more fucking shows. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't really interact with him very often, but anytime someone says something, I always want to, uh, or, or send something rather, I want to, you know, let them know like, yeah, dude, I'm going to talk about this. He sent me this here or she, maybe I shouldn't assume gender, but, um, this is, this is pretty cool stuff though, or not cool. Right but now I'm going to just read a quote from Edward Mendel house and what he had to say in a private meeting with Woodrow, uh, Wilson president between 1913 and 1921 from the private papers of Woodrow Wilson quote very soon every American will be required to register their biological property in a national system designed to keep track of the people and that will operate under the ancient system of pledging by such methodology we can compel people to submit to our agenda, which will affect our security as chargeback for our fiat paper currency. Every American will be forced to register or suffer not being able to work and earn a living. They will be our chattel, and we will hold the security interest over them forever by operation of law merchant under the Right now, I'm going to just read a quote from... Pretty interesting, huh? It is, and it it goes back to that whole uh, when America became a corporation and yeah. uh, all that. These elite scumbags, these parasites, whatever the fuck you want to call them, it, it's sad that it's 2023, and, 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 and it, people could have been exposing this long before we're, we're talking about it now. Obviously, but we're now starting to figure out and find out what their plan was. Okay. With birth certificates, your social security card, you know, the list goes on when, and, and we always say when's enough enough. And, you know, we take back our, our, our sovereign rights as, as humans. And I don't think it'll ever happen. I honestly don't. I mean, we can sit here and scream till we're blue in the face. Every American, what it's going to take is every human on this planet to come together and get over their division and hate and just, I don't want to sound hippie, but love one another and and get along to go against all the fucking elite scumbags of this world to eradicate them. However, by doing that, also sets a void so when they're gone something else or someone else is going to step into their place it, it's it's human nature you have to have good versus evil evil versus good one can't exist without the other it sounds great to have this fairy tale where the whole world unites project blue beam whatever the fuck you want to you know insert there but at the end of the day it'll be good for a little bit just like after 9 11 after 9-11, everybody in the United States, oh, we're fucking United Patriots. And then, I don't know, a year or two later, eh, not so much. And now, 
oh, fuck. I mean, we look into 9-11 and we're like, inside job. But was that possibly a test run or a Project Blue Beam type situation to see how united they would get? And then maybe that's what's going on around the rest of the world with some of these events. I don't know. I, this kind of went off on a really retarded tangent, but <laughs> I don't know. Your thoughts? No, man, I, th- I think it's... Uh... I agree with everything that you fucking said. It's just, it's not going to happen. We're not going to all come together because, you know, even this little conspiracy community and stuff like, dude, there's a lot of people that just bitch just for the sake of bitching. Like, and no one says that they're, that they're bitching because of any bad reasons. They always see their reasons for bitching as noble. And at the end of the day, it's all just like self aggrandizing shit. Like it's all just, look at me, I'm not making money from my show, right? Like I, the, the, and these people that are making money off their show are, are bad. They're selling you truth instead of just telling it, right? And then there's certain people that are making money on their show, but they want to criticize other ways of doing stuff. That's a small example that a lot of people here are familiar with. Like a lot of people yeah. have seen that firsthand. Um, It's never going to happen, dude. These politicians yeah. are so much farther ahead than the average person when it comes to that realizing that they can fight with someone and make an ass of someone or be made an ass of, and then they'll be like, well, I'm still getting money. So who gives a fuck? I don't care if, you know, half the country literally wants my head on a fucking stake. Um, I, I got my money and that's all that matters. And the money ends up fucking, you know, coinciding with power, which is why they have all the power over us. And we're never going to give that up. No. And I liked how you brought that so or put it in such a, a simple term because in 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 this little small community, we eat our fucking own. If 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 we're out here really trying to spread truth and what have you, we wouldn't be eating our own. And you take that and you grow it to a bigger picture. Now you're in your community. Okay. Just because someone doesn't have the same skin color or talks exactly the same. Now you're at at odds with each other. There's always going to be division. However, I think, and, and I'm kind of contradicting myself by saying this. If you make a conscious effort to not do that, maybe, maybe certain things close to home could be better in your community however there are assholes out there that i do not ever want to fucking try and rationalize with you know people familiar with my show and your show know exactly who we're fucking talking about on that subject it's never going to fucking happen but you know I, I I don't know. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? I, I could go so many different fucking directions with that and, and, and just want people to fucking get along and get off their fucking high horse because you know what? At the end of the day, I can cut your fucking horse's knees off and you're going to be at the same level as me. Well, yeah, and that's the thing, too. You're saying, you know, uh, get along with people and, and all this stuff. There's people that you'll just never get along with, like you personally, right? Yeah. And and we can't put that stuff aside. None of us can. We yeah. all have that ego or the pride or whatever it is. I, I don't like that ego term. I think it's such a hippie fucking – I think it's such a dumb term. Um, no, you don't. That's that's that, that's what makes our friendship and our uh, tag team partnership uh, the best because where you disagree, I kind of – or where you don't like something, I kind of – I 
kind of buy it. And, you know, that sure. whole thing, you know what I mean? And I don't look at it more of a hippy dippy thing. I just know that there's, there's a, a, a light and dark side to each human. And I think the dark side is more your, your ego, because when you're struggling with something uh, like alcoholism or whatever, and you go to change that, all of a sudden you're in panic state, uh, you, you know, and, and to me, that's your ego saying, oh, I'm keeping these these chains around your fucking brain and your body and you ain't changing because I like this. And, and you could liken that to maybe being possessed by a demon or, or whatever. You know what I mean? It, 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 it's just sometimes it can sound woo woo, but I don't know. Yeah, you know, I mean, I yeah. from, I know where you come from. I, I'm not going to get mad at you for not liking it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like uh, certain people can can do that. Right. With especially if you kind of gain a friendship with somebody, you can disagree on some things. But then there's some things that you just disagree on and it actually like changes the way that you see somebody. And that is that's something that we're all like. None of us are immune to that. These politicians seem to be immune to that. Yeah, Um, get that. Yeah, they've disassociated with their with their human side. I think that makes us people, and I think that they're tapping into what makes us people, some of our strongest characteristics, and then they're just using that against us because they have, again, disassociated with that element of humanism. So um, weird, weird shit there. But I got another one uh, all over the place here with different stuff. This is from uh, a friend of the show, Matthew, and uh, I won't give his last name, but he's a good dude. He's a... Uh, supporter of my show i know he listens all the time to to the cunt show as well but this is interesting and he might have sent another one that i wanted to share too i was trying to double check but this one right here uh we'll get into first great question the nasal swab tests that everyone's been taking are not tests so what are they and what do they do Luckily, I printed off this report out of the Slovak Republic before it disappeared from the internet. They performed a lab analysis on the test sticks between November 2020 and March of 2021. And what they found was nylon broken fibers at the ends of these test sticks. Their job is to disrupt the epithelium or the surface layer on the mucosa all the way up your nose where it meets your brain. It's breaking through there and then subsequently leaching the contents of the nylon fibers, which is DARPA hydrogel and lithium. After coming into contact with organic fluid, this material, this DARPA hydrogel will start to form crystalline structures in a fractal manner throughout the brain, making its way to the pineal gland, pineal gland. Pineal gland. DARPA hydrogel is an artificial substance that creates a converter between the electromagnetic field and living cell, tissue, and organ. Converts an electromagnetic signal from transmitter to a signal which a living cell understands and responds to. DARPA hydrogel and lithium block and destroy the pineal gland and cause the thinking person to become a controllable bio-robot. Great question. Interesting, the, huh? And the question for the record was, what does, uh, what does it do tests. to a person? Right? That's what the question is. What does it do to a person? These little swabs. There was a theory about that a while ago, but it seems yeah. like there's maybe some validity to that theory now. Well, I remember when these tests were, were being administered, okay? I had to take one once. Popped hot. Oh, controlled opposition, dude. Yeah, I'm, I'm controlled up. Although uh, my pineal glands fully pretty fucking open. No, it's not. And none of ours are. I know. 
the show. Um, I remember sitting in the CVS parking lot, putting this nasal swab in my nose. And I remember the lady saying, you need to put it up there further, further, further. And I wasn't. I did not. I put it just in enough and swabbed it around my nose. I wasn't fucking jamming it all the way the fuck up there because I'd already had conversations, whether they were conspiracy theory or real, that this shit, you know, did penetrate that that mucous membrane into uh, what have you. And I remember the talks always being that nylon had more gallons in it and it, it would go into do what this lady was you know talking about and i only ever took that one after that i was like fuck this i ain't no i ain't, I ain't doing it ever again but i remember vividly remember the lady saying stick that up your nose further it needs to go all the way up in there and i'm like fuck you lady uh-uh no you should have gotten real crazy with it and be like fucking bend over and i'll stick something up you as far as it goes that could have been right around the time when the Chinese were actually testing their shit for, for COVID. I mean, yeah, dude, it, it got real goofy there for a little while. Yeah. Um, I've got at least one more, and then I kind of want to, like, ping pong it over to you. And then if we have more okay. time at the end, I'll share some more. This one just seems interesting. Uh, this, I need to double check who sent me this one. This is just something that hits, like, you know, close to home. This is like a, a way to clear heart blockages. This is total woo-woo medication. This is not medicine advice here, okay? Um, this is just something that I guess has gained some attention and uh, figured it was kind of interesting. So listen before, up. Before you hit play, I just want people to go back and listen, if they haven't, listen or re-listen to your, your last episode uh, with, with the, I forget his name, the Scottish guy that you had on. Oh yeah. Anthony, Anthony, he, he brought a lot of good information and it was fun. Yeah. I, I think this is just me as a friend and as a podcast listener of your show, I think you should do a part two and go a little deeper on some of the subjects because you, you did talk about like, you know, the cholesterol and the blood pressure and you, you kind of touched on, you know, the castor oil and the, the liver cleanse and what have you. Dude, I, w when I was listening to it and we, you and I had talked, you know, after you recorded it and what have you on, on some of the subjects, dude, I want to learn more yeah. because I don't think, I think you, you can control your blood pressure naturally with salt. As weird as that fucking sounds. Is like everybody less salt? No, uh, a certain kind of salt. Like, uh, I think it's Celtic salt. Okay. Or, where, yeah, yeah, sea salt. Okay, yeah, sea salt. And, and, and what have you. It, that Everybody says, oh, the, the your high blood pressure is because of all the, your sodium intake. And I, I, I don't know. I, I'm seeing and hearing different people talk, and I, I don't buy it. But anyway... We can get into this. That was a little bit of a tangent. Go listen to his last episode, people. Great information. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. Uh, the, the I will say there's some very interesting, like, different takes on health. My dad losing so much weight, you know, and then he ends up having this heart issue. But, it, you know, the, the way that we were seeing it was like it's like almost like it was like a godsend that he went on this diet. He had the willpower to stick with it. It was basically just cutting carbs out. Um, zero carbs. If you can go zero carbs, that is the way to go. And there was all these Atkins diets and things like that that were similar, but this is called like the diet of hope or something like that. Right. Some it kind of has a gay name to it, but it worked. It worked. It's, you know, he lost a massive amount of weight. His blood pressure went from being super high to actually too low. 
Mm. So, you know, he had to uh, kind of dial it back a little bit, but just cutting out carbs because the sodium, you can have as much sodium as you want. The carbs make the sodium stick to your arteries, like yep. all these different weird things. If I, and I might, I might've misquoted that, but basically like carbs make all your shit kind of stick to your veins and your artery, really your arteries, I guess. But well, it's it- weird, man. Carbs turn into sugar. And if you, if you think and look at sugar in a melted state, it's sticky. So when, when you ingest this, these carbs or sugars, your body's going to warm it up. It's going to be sticky. So it's, you know, it makes sense. It's, yeah. Allow things to stick to your arteries and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird, man. But so this is something that I just thought was kind of interesting and I, I, I might mess around with it and try it. movement. Now here, I'm going to show you. So you clap your hands nine times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then use your right hand to cut the elbow, this part, nine times. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And do the right arm. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. And then use your right hand to cut the armpit of your left arm nine times by putting your hand behind your head. One, two, three, four. think i mean i think it's kind of an interesting concept i i for one buy into that shit real easy the the asian cultures or chinese whatever you want to say dude they live <laughs> on fucking time you know what i mean and and when you look into what he was saying a lot of that is also tied into their martial arts mm-hmm and if you if you look at their martial arts, their training and doing that, these people are fucking healthy and fit and live a long fucking time. For the most part, yeah. Yeah, their cigarettes yeah. Are, are killing them. But well, right. I mean, like, think about the air quality in China, too, right? Like, not all, obviously, not all martial arts comes from China, but a lot of it comes from Asian cultures. Like, most of it comes from Asian cultures, like Thailand, uh, all these different you know philippines yeah philippines japan i mean japan's a warrior society yeah fucking china uh i'm trying to think of like brazil has a martial art uh Mm -hmm. krav maga which isn't really a real martial art it's kind of a joke um i'm trying to think of like what other countries actually have martial arts like ones where they stem from these areas there's not many uh france has one um trying to think france is more of that that drunken sailor style of fighting that Which i don't that, think it really works i've seen people use that in the ufc and they just get fucked up yeah they do um but there's a there's also uh, the the french is more of a boxing style that derived from when they 
were on ships and what have you. And that's where the, the whole thing comes from. The Asian style is more of what they call like the drunken monkey. Uh, I don't know if you remember uh, Tekken, the, the one Asian dude used that a lot. And I, he was my favorite. I kicked a lot of ass with that. dude. I preferred King myself. Oh, I bet you did. The leopard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man, it's interesting. I think, uh, you know, our, our martial arts in, in uh, the U.S. is like wrestling. You know what I mean? Which is a, a valid martial art, I think. Um, but yeah, that in Russia and stuff, but yeah, dude, it's, it's a lot of the shit comes from Asia. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting, man. I, I'll, I'll fuck around and try it. What do you have to yeah. lose? Yeah. You, at the end of the day, you don't have anything to lose. I mean, okay. You're slapping yourself and on, on these parts of your body for, you know, nine times. Okay. You might look like a fool in your bedroom by yourself. Who yeah. fucking cares? You know what I mean? But if it helps, Hey, do it, man. Do it. Yeah. I think it's pretty interesting. Better uh, than and the comments. <laughs> the comments on that video it's not people calling them crazy it's it's people being like yeah i mean there's there's something to this here so um i wanted to find who sent me that video because I, I did like it for sure um so i'm going to look for that but who uh what, what do you want to show here okay i have uh i have a few things i i saved this foxy brown thing it was a part one they the, these people did like a three-part on it on how Jay-Z, I'll tease it. People can go look into it for themselves. Take it for what it is. Um, I I was a Foxy Brown fan when I was younger. Um, I didn't know some of this stuff, though. Surprise, surprise, Victoria sent me that, so. Jay-Z is a man of power and great prestige, and that has allowed him to get away with a lot of things. But this time. I think I forgot to share my screen. You did. I heard it, though. I know you did. <laughs> I'm sitting there. I'm like, why don't I see Ryan over on the right? Okay. All right. will shock you. Jay-Z is a man of power and great prestige, and that has allowed him to get away with a lot of things. But this time, Foxy Brown isn't letting things slide. Many music experts now describe the 1990s female rapper as insane, but we'll leave that up to you to decide that I've been able to overcome adversity and and, and basically come out unscathed, which is an important thing. Foxy Brown, actual name Inga Marchand, has confessed that her ticket to rap stardom came at a cost. And it all happened while she was young. She claims Jay-Z, then 27, took her virginity when she was just 15 years old and that Hova, who she claims has a horse you-know-what, funded her shopping trips and pampering at hair and nail salons while she was still in high school all to get into bed with her. In the beginning, we'd jump in the van, we'd go to Maryland, we'd go anywhere, you know what I'm saying? But wait, there's more. Jay-Z, according to Foxy, has a thing for trans people. She claims she discovered this after one began calling and harassing her shortly after Jay-Z gave her gonorrhea. Yes, really. Think about what I'm gonna say, okay. you know what I'm saying? I think about what I'm gonna do. Foxy also claimed that one of her sex sessions with Jay-Z was videotaped. That's when Foxy mentions that she and Jay weren't alone. Mr. Jamie Foxx was the genuine Wanda from In Living Color. According to Foxy, Jay-Z signed her to multiple gag orders for where she, Jamie, and Jay engaged in a threesome, and that the tape was ironically stolen from her home not long after the occurrence, and Foxy was convinced Jay was behind it. But if you thought that was all, you thought wrong. Aside from the trans claims, Foxy said there was one consistency in Hova's existence. Jay-Z and Larry Johnson, according to Foxy, were a little too close to be just buddies. Given that Jay once shared an apartment with the NBA baller who once repped Rockaware, this doesn't seem that far-fetched. 
During her candid portrayal of her time with Jay-Z, Foxy was said to have also expressed a deep dislike for Jay's wife, Beyonce. Let's just say she didn't exactly mince words about her. If true, this is heartbreaking. Do you know why? Because we're dealing with a victim. Not only was she a victim of an STD, but she was also a victim of statutory rape as a kid. R. Kelly was blacklisted by Jay-Z after being accused of child molestation. How is Jay-Z any different if Foxy's charges are true? Jay-Z and Foxy Brown's relationship in the 90s began with Foxy Brown's involvement in LL Cool J's I Shot Ya, I Shot Ya remix when she was around 14 or 15 years old. Brown went on to collaborate with several major artists at the time, but none more significant than her frequent collaborator and co-writer, Jay-Z. Their first major duet, Ain't No N, was featured on the shock. Mm. Larry Johnson, a lot of people like him. Yeah. I, you, you, everybody saw me throw my arms up. I was just like, holy fuck. Yeah, you know, I, I've always been a little skeptical of that dude. I don't know if I follow him on Instagram or not. I think I do. Um, but yeah, now, he's, is, uh, is this the same Larry Johnson that does a conspiracy thing? Because I thought he was a running back. Yeah, yeah, he's. A, I thought that's who they were talking about. They said NBA player. They just said baller. Oh, did they? I didn't hear NBA. Should we play it again? Uh, maybe so. <laughs> no, we don't need to play it again. I mean, well, we I can, can rewind. I can, I can shock you. I can fast forward. Jay-Z. Oh yeah, go to uh... right there. Yeah, yeah, I was a football player. Distance. Jay Z and Larry Johnson, according to Foxy, were a little That's too him. close to be just buddies. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it is. It, it is the one that we were thinking of. That that's fucking crazy. Butt sex. <laughs> A little, little gay stuff. Maybe he's, uh, you know, exposing quote unquote conspiracies because he, he doesn't get that horse cock, as they said. I mean, Jay-Z's yeah. got to have a hammer on him because he's one of the ugliest human beings alive. And he's got Beyonce, who, tranny or not, she's very attractive. He is. I, I think when Destiny's Child came out, I I didn't think she was the most good looking out of the group. I, I kind of had a thing for Kelly Rollins. Dude, me and my cousin, you know, Brandon, ex, uh, huh? ex co-host of the show, me and my cousin used to love Beyonce. I mean, just absolutely. She won like sexiest woman of the year too. <laughs> there, I remember <laughs> a vivid memory of, uh, me and my cousin watching, uh, like a, a hundred sexiest women countdown in my parents' room. We were just sitting there watching it. We're both <laughs> staring at the TV. We're like, did oh, you have a, like every girl that they show were just like, oh my god, fucking? Did like, you have a pillow over your lap? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know if we were old enough to really get boners like that. Uh, right. It was before middle school and stuff, when it's just <laughs> wild. You know, you can't, you can't not get a boner. Right. Um. There was a funny time when we were in middle school and we were in a hot tub at some resort, and there was the most gorgeous like. 22 23 year olds when we were you know 14 15 16 uh-huh. and i was like like we were just sitting there like not saying a word just staring at this girl because she was so i mean just stacked <laughs> and uh she left and then me, i was like all right brandon let's go and he's like i can't get out right now <laughs> i was like why not <laughs> it was so funny at least he was honest at least he was honest i know well i mean he would have we, I would have found out if he would have gotten out. But yeah, it was just, oh, hey, hello. It's it funny, man. Your horse I think away. it was in like uh, D- like Disneyland or some shit. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, dude, good memories. So, I gotta go take a piss. But what are we what are we getting into here next? 
Um, go take a piss. I'll, I'll talk about this for a little bit. Um, Jason Aldean, I'm not a big country fan. Um, I like the old school, the the twangy, you know, give me some Johnny cash, some Highwaymen, whatever, you know, that that's what I remember and liked growing up. Um, now I, 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 I can say Jason Aldean has had some good hits. I know he, he, uh, one of his first hits, he, he I forget the, the the artist. He was like a, a rap rap country guy, but said, "Hey, yeah, you can use my song," and and he, it it exploded. God, maybe fucking ten years ago or so. But a lot of people, um, like CMT, took the, this this video down, saying it had racial under undertones and all this and and all that. But at the same time. Nothing uh, in this video, from what I've seen, I've watched the video. I actually went and watched the video. I don't get any any racist undertones at all, okay? all Excuse me. All he's saying is the truth. What anybody in a small town or, you know, because a lot of these riots and what have you of the Summer of Love, but they took place in, in big fucking cities across America. Okay. And, you know, we, we know what happened with Kyle Rittenhouse and yada, yada, yada. And we know about him, whatever. I just, I don't know. I, 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 I hate seeing, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. CMT said, okay, I'm going to go woke. And then now um, I don't have a clip of it or anything but i and like i said i'm not a huge country fan or country music fan but i guess luke bryant took all his videos down off cmt because of this so we'll see um you know what this is all about i just i kind of agree with the message now they'll say oh he, he was playing in front of this fucking courthouse Fucking Disney made a fucking Christmas music or Christmas show and filmed it in front of this fucking house. Hannah Montana recorded an episode in front of this courthouse. So if it wasn't racist then, why is it racist now? One of those things. This morning, country music star Jason Aldean is defending his controversial music video after it was pulled from rotation on CMT. Yeah, you think it's tough. Critics have blasted Try That in a Small Town, saying it has a pro-lynching undertone. I can't remember, <laughs> at least in the last 30 years, where uh, a video got yanked because uh, suddenly there was an uproar. In the video, images are projected on a building, some showing clips of protests, looting, and tense police encounters. Carjacking old lady at a red light. But Aldine fired back at critics, tweeting, there is not a single lyric in the song that references race or points to it. And while I can try and respect others to have their own interpretation of a song with music, this one goes too far. Critics have also taken issue with the building shown in the video, the Maury County Courthouse, where a young black man was lynched by a white mob in 1927. Aldine says the song is about taking care of your neighbors. 
Somebody needs some help, you'll get it. In the past, the singer has taken heat for his views. He's been anti-vaccine, anti-masking, uh, and anti-trans, and now pro-guns, pro-running people out of town. But industry experts say don't expect an apology. This kind of mean-spirited song and video uh, has been rapidly applauded by a lot of his fans, and if he apologizes for that, they'll say he backed down. Although it's been pulled from CMT, the video for Try That in a Small Town is now trending online. The song is still playing on radio stations nationwide. And to follow up, it's number one on iTunes. Nice. Yeah. Um, you might hear some clicking in the background. My dog, <laughs> Ozzy, loves to be in here with me. Uh, but then once he gets the door closed on him, he likes to leave. So um, <laughs> uh, don't trap me in here, Dad. I know he sleeps when the door is open. But then if the door closes, he gets sketched out. Dude, you know. Why, why is it such a problem to to sit there and say that in certain areas or whatever big cities that that people need to be taken care of right i think that that's kind of what he's getting at now yeah there might be obviously there might be there could be some racial undertones to it but he never says it it's never black and white no. um so it's it is interesting that i've you know, I, I actually went and watched the video and all it ever what it, the whole video reminded me of is remember when you saw people rioting or burning the American flag or just being a fucking douchebag, a stolen valor type shit, you know, try that in a small town because you're going to get your fucking ass beat. Mm. You know, you're not going to, you can go to a big liberal town and guess what? The cops are going to have your back and and protect you from getting punched in the fucking face. And and that's the whole message I got was like, all right, you, you go ahead in my little small town, if someone carjacked a fucking little old lady and started dragging her out, I guarantee you everybody in this town would come out their fr- fucking front door and beat the shit out of that motherfucker, if not kill him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I wish I could say the same thing in my relatively small area, but um, I mean, I don't know. There's not many like actual small towns in America anymore like this one. I, I, I don't like any of my neighbors other than one old man you know what i mean like the people around here suck so um it, it is interesting that but that it, that like that's kind of what country music does right it it kind of mm-hmm. goes back to like a better time right um i'm not a fan at all but you know i get why people like it it's it's definitely like there's actual music there right. you know what i mean like there's actual like musical talent in a lot of these people but it's just not for me but yeah man I think it kind of says something about, you know, the leaders of the black community, not black people themselves, but the leaders of the black communities, these really corrupt fucks mm-hmm. that are saying that's about black people. It's like, what do you think about black people if you think that's about black people? You know what I mean? Uh, I think I you're know. the racist one. Yeah. If you're out there saying that that's about black people, he never says that you could take it as that. Um, but, yeah, I think that, that uh, if you're if you're going to jump to that conclusion, that might be a little little racist on your part. But. Who knows? Liberals are very racist. They are. They are. And created the KKK. So and Jim Crow laws. Just putting that out there. Not that I'm a Republican or a Democrat. I don't give a fuck about either. Two wings, one fucking bird. We're going to stay on. Uh, I have one last clip for, for music. I I was never a big fan of Pitbull. And his, his, <laughs> mu- like his music. Yeah. 
but I had a different understanding and, and a viewpoint on him when he was, I forget what fucking podcast he was on. It, it's, it's the one where they, they sit around, they, they, they smoke cigars. They're, they're sipping on, you know, some liquor. Obviously it's an African-American black, black podcast, whatever. And he just came out spitting fucking truth. And this was during the, the pandemic and the lockdowns. And I was just like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Like this dude, this, this dude gets it because he came from fucking communist Cuba. Dude, Cubans really know their shit. Like George Mosfidal, I don't like the guy as a person, but like a lot of these Cubans fucking like they're, they're very conservative, man. Like they, mm-hmm. they vote conservative. They don't like a abor- like hard conservative, like too yeah. far from me. They don't like, well, like women's rights that much. You know what I mean? Because right. it's kind of, uh, they've seen like how, how that shit ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Let's it- see what you got. All right. So whoever the fuck doesn't like the United States of America, may God bless you. But fuck you at the same time. If you don't like the United States of America, go back to the countries that we the fuck from and you'll see how much you appreciate the United States of America. I do like that. Yeah. Yeah. He just I, I wish I had I could find the the clip where he was just fucking spitting truth, because I remember watching that a few years ago and I was just like, holy shit. I never like you think. A, and I know this might be like a little stereotypical, but you don't think of anybody making like gangster. Rap, well, I wouldn't call him gangster rap, but like dance, hip hop, rap, club music, whatever, like being. Like you wouldn't think that they were into politics or 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 expanding their mind into, you know, humanity, you know, other than, hey, let's have a good time. That's why I make a music, whatever. You know what I mean? And when he came out and was saying a lot of the, that shit, I was just like, holy fuck. Like, I like this guy. I would love to have a conversation with him. Well, here, let me share something with you here. Um, you can tell me what clip it might be or what uh, this might be. I, I found a, a couple. Th- oh. I stopped my video. <laughs> uh, okay, so here we go. See which one of these it might be. This colorful one. Uh, no, it's the one right below it. That one. Talking communism. Yep. All right. In this day and Just turn the volume all the way up. That people see as quick as you get it. It's like dope money. Come quick, leave quick. So when it comes to this technology, exactly what it is. You got instant gratification thing. You can touch as many people with it as quick as they want to go. They can pull it from you. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talk about, SIRS, MERS, BIRD, swine, Ebola, now Corona. Like, come on, folks. I mean, you got to really, you got to read the tea leaves, bro. You got to, the devil's in the details. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation. Everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, you know, what we're going through right now. And let's just call a spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. And that's the reason me being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate that shit. I appreciate opportunity. I appreciate anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. And that comes from the fact that 
when a Castro took over everything, and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot, 38 hot, is Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Shit. Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all gotta be kidding me. He had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis, wow. during the Bay of Pigs and what they went, went on through. So this shit gets deep. The only thing is, is do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's, that's the way I look at this shit. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a, there's a, a rehearsal that went, went on, that went on before this whole shit. It's called Event 201. <laughs> that's October right. 18th, 2019. This shit came out. It was ran by the John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. And this was a complete rehearsal of what we did right now. You can yeah. look at this up. They had a patent, too, just to let them know. They, yeah. they named it and they had a patent. patent for yeah. coronavirus. From 2004, they, like a patent. A they, patent. Named, they named it on it. So therefore, you have a segment where it says, segment, financial, what we gonna do? Segment, travel, what we gonna do? Segment, what we gonna do when it comes to online? And, and it said, if anybody is not a part of the narrative, we're going to take it off, off online, which to me smells like communism. Yeah. You feel me? And obviously, that's what our families live through, and I'm sure all of our families have similar stories. After Buddy and them did that, which the main doctor that was there, his name was George Fugao. I might not remember the verse of fucking... The, the verse I was trying to spit, but I remember George Fugao. Fugao. All right. George Fugao is the main doctor for the CDC in China and a virologist out of Wuhan. They real shit now. Wow. Right? Listen, we here. Now, here's where I go. After all of that, it happens to be about a month later, all the main CEOs in the world, major companies, resign. About a thousand and some change. So that means they pull out. I remember high. that. Mm -hmm. That means they take the ride high, and then they buy low. Well, everything went vroom. God knows what they did or they didn't do. But I know what I'm talking about Disney, Hulu, Microsoft, Nike, Wells Fargo, Boeing. You name it. You look at them. Yeah, man. He he is saying uh, saying some true things there, man. Yeah. Like I said, when I came, when I came across that, I was just like, holy fuck, like. I always looked at him like party music. Like, you really think he gives a fuck about? But he, I mean, he fuck. I mean, he knew, knew the whole plan. You know what I mean? Like from around the fucking world. Well, that's and, the thing with with, uh, with someone like that is you know he's business savvy. He's smart. You know what yeah. I mean? You can sit there. I mean, who's working smart and who's working hard? You know this dude. You know Kendrick Lamar that everyone thinks is a lyrical genius when it comes to hip hop. I would I would venture to say he probably doesn't write all of his lyrics. Is that crazy for me to say? <laughs> but even if he is, he's working very hard to try to come up with a masterpiece after masterpiece. Pipple's out there just making catchy beats, paying a producer. Yeah. You know, his music isn't for me, but I mean, like at the same time, like I, I respect his views a lot more than I would with someone like Kendrick Lamar, who race baited a fucking white girl into saying you know, nigger on her show or on his show, like yeah. in, in front of all kinds of people, he had this girl say that uh, on stage. I don't know if you remember that, but that was, yeah, I do remember that 
it's and that's nasty man it's like you know and maybe that was a setup type situation but yeah it's an interesting uh interesting way that some of those dudes seem yeah i don't know like i like i said i i really have a different uh viewpoint and and outtake on him uh i respect him a lot more uh not you know just because he says a lot of things that I, I might get a lot of heat right here. He says a lot of things that white people want to say, but can't, you know what I mean? Cause like, he's like, if you love America or if you hate America, fuck you. But if, if you love it, you know, or whatever he said, and he's like, go back to the countries where we came from. You know, we, everybody comes here for prosperity and a, a, a better chance. That's, that's why all the Southern border is so wide open, you know, they have this false hope of the American fucking dream that doesn't even really exist anymore. Mm. And, but we have freedoms that most countries don't that. Okay. And I put that in quotes, you know what I mean? Like I can sit here and I can grab my pistol. I can grab my pistol. I, I have that right to do, you know, other countries don't. And, and they look at us as like, dude, you guys got fucking arms, do something. And it's like, well, everybody's like, eh, well, if I fire a shot, they fire a shot, and then the military gets a and we pussy out. But at the same time, that's why people from other countries want to come here. Now, is it always a, a good thing? You know, if you want to come here and live the American dream, great. But don't come here kind of like don't flee california to texas to make texas california yeah you know what i mean like you're moving to a different state for a reason so embrace it yeah yeah it'd be funny if uh you or i was like uh yeah go back to the countries that we came from and see how it is it's like yeah england (laughs) ireland scotland maybe mexico is the worst one uh that i come from personally but it's uh, you know i don't come from there my grandma did but uh yeah go back to the countries we came from see how you like it. it's like well yeah you know it's my mom's the same Slovakia. So, yeah. yeah yeah all right yeah. let's move into some uh political stuff uh here's something with pence and uh he's been a scumbag uh this will probably be two weeks in a row maybe this three. Isn't the one that you showed last week yeah no no he's at a town hall here if it wasn't for your vote would not have Joe Biden in the White House. Right. Joe Biden shouldn't be there. And all those wonderful things that you and Trump were doing together would be continuing and this country would be on the right path. Do you ever second guess yourself? That was a constitutional right that you had to send those votes back to the states. The Constitution of the United States in Article 2 says the job of the vice president is to serve as the presiding officer of a joint session where you open and count the votes. Don't take my word for it. Go read the Constitution. Not really. I say this with great affection and respect. The Constitution is very clear. My job was to oversee a session of Congress where objections could be heard, and I made sure that objections would be recognized. So we would hear whatever evidence or whether debate there was, but the Constitution says you open and count 
the votes, no more, no less. The Constitution affords no authority for the Vice President or anyone else to reject votes or return votes to the states. Never been done before, should never be done in the future. I'm sorry, ma'am, but that's actually what the Constitution says. No Vice President in American history ever asserted the authority that you have been convinced that I have. But I want to tell you, with all due respect, I said before, I said when I announced President Trump was wrong about my authority that day, and he's still wrong. I disagree with you there, uh, fag boy. Yeah, I don't know the, the actual laws there. Yeah, we'd have to look them up, but that lady, the lady was right. Like, he had the authority to, okay, something's fishy here. Throw it back to the states. Let the states figure it out. Okay? Let the states figure it out. Yeah, which is how it should be at the end of the day anyway. Yes, and that's how the Constitution was written. So let the states figure it out. He didn't. You know why? In my humble opinion, he was like, hey, if you if you don't do this out there, uh, Mikey Pence, uh, I'll let you run for president after yeah. Joe Biden. You know, it, like... Really? That's political suicide for him. Either yeah. way. No one's he's never gonna be president. No. Ever. I mean, there's no. no fucking shot for the dude. No. Republicans don't like him anymore. Democrats are never gonna like him because he's associated with Trump. Right. No, so I mean, a- yeah, he, he kind of fucked himself there, shot himself in the dick, as we like to say. But yeah, fuck him, man. I you know, he's a weird, uh weird dude. Weird fucking creepy guy. <laughs> it's sketchy past, sketchy past. Sure. Yeah. It's just interesting too how the perspective from, you know, conservative voters has changed on him so drastically. Um, him and DeSantis, too, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I I haven't really been a fan of DeSantis, but we know that on this show. Let's get into what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? Oh, well, tomorrow from Being Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> Being Wednesday. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do this one first. More breaking news now. Americans will soon learn more about UFOs. News Nation has just confirmed that the House Oversight Committee will hold a hearing on unidentified aerial phenomenon. That will be July 26th, according to one of the two leading members of that hearing. Joe Khalil joins us live in Washington, D.C. with more on what your sources are telling you at this hour. Hey, Joe. Hey, Marnie. Yeah, we've been able to confirm that that hearing we have been talking about is going to be on July 26th. So that's Wednesday next week. And that was confirmed to us by Congresswoman Anna Paulina Luna. She's one of two members of Congress on that House Oversight Committee who has really been leading this effort, her along with Tim Burchett, a congressman from Tennessee being the other one. No, they just confirmed the date of it. So uh, she didn't confirm any witness list yet. We're not exactly sure who we're going to be hearing from and what specifics we're actually going to be hearing during that hearing on the 26th. But what we can tell you is generally it is going to be about UAP whistleblower claims like the ones that we have heard from David Brush, our whistleblower who came forward on News Nation. Now, you may remember we actually broke the story as well that this hearing was going to be happening at all. A major step for the House Oversight Committee that to date has not held any sort of hearing like this. It is going to be sort of the first of its kind. Uh, on this subject matter. So that in itself certainly going to be intriguing, I imagine, a lot of people wanting to tune in to that. Uh, There were some questions also about where this was going to take place, and we have not been able to confirm that 
exactly yet. There was some talk, some discussion uh, from Congresswoman Luna herself. She told us about having this hearing be a field hearing in Florida, but I've heard recently from sources that that's actually not likely anymore just because of the schedule that Congress is under right now, that it's more likely that would end up being here in Washington. So we're going to try to continue to dig in and figure out where exactly that's going to be and also whether this can be a full House Oversight Committee hearing or whether it's going to be a subcommittee, meaning just a smaller group of members. We think it's more likely going to be the latter, but still a lot to figure out here, again, in terms of who is going to be speaking and what we're going to be hearing. We know, again, Wednesday next week is going to be the big day, so you can circle that uh, on your calendars. Presum uh, presumably, we're going to learn a lot more about this uh, issue as we've been hearing more and more from these whistleblowers that have uh, already come forward, Barney. A number of lawmakers paying attention. Mm. Okay, Joe. We're so, going to find gonna... out that we don't know what these things are, right? Like, that's like all that they're going to say. Right. So here, here's the follow-up to it. And uh, you think AOC is good looking? I, I, I think you'll, you'll, you'll change your mind in this club. Uh, let me, before you go in, uh, I was going to say before, you know, we, we die on the AOC <laughs> is super hot hill. She's attractive for a politician. I mean, I'm used to seeing Pelosi and Hillary Clinton. You know what I mean? True. She's yeah, very, I mean, very hot for a politician. But politician. yeah, then if, she... if you saw her on the street and you didn't know who she was, she's a fucking five. You know what I mean? Like not to be uh, misogynistic, her... but yeah, I'd, I'd probably give her a four. But <laughs> a little cute. more. She's big old knockers too, dude. Yeah, doesn't mean she uh... the pantsuits. Yeah. Hi. yeah. <laughs> Anyway, in, in loving memory of AOC. <laughs> July 26th at 10 a.m., the House Oversight Committee will hold a hearing on, on unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs. I prefer to call them UFOs. It will be held by the Oversight Committee on National Security, the Border, and Foreign Affairs. The witnesses will be as follows. David Grush, he's a decorated former combat officer who served in Afghanistan. And he recently told awesome. the World News about his experiences serving on a UAP task force led by the U.S. Navy. These are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles. Commander David Fravor. He's a former Navy commander who shot the famous Tic Tac video that you've seen. It's on YouTube. It's 60 Minutes did a special on it. And about that got out. I said, dude, do you, do you see that thing down there? And we saw this little white Tic Tac looking object. Ryan Graves. He's a former Navy pilot. Report, he reported multiple UAP encounters during training flights. You know, they Always. were out there when we took off. We'd see them, and then we'd go to land. They would oh, he was on Rogan, so he's telling Last the truth. Year, the House Intelligence Committee held a hearing on UAPs. <laughs> yeah. They brought in some Pentagon bureaucrats that, who only had two answers to the questions they were asked. We do not have an explanation. Or that's classified. This hearing is going to be different. We're going to have witnesses who can speak frankly to public about their experiences. They either... They do exist or they don't exist. They keep telling us they don't exist, but they block every opportunity for us to get a hold of the information to prove that they do exist. And we're going to get to the bottom of it, dadgummit, whatever the truth may be. Sounds like it. Dadgummit. Uh, so so who was I supposed to think was hot? This one right here. Okay. 
So if the Department of the Air Force, oh, yeah. if the Pentagon thinks that they're above Congress, they have something else coming to them. We told them we were going to do this if they continue to hide information. And ultimately, the American people deserve the facts. If the last few months have taught me anything, especially in investigating this, it is that this issue is in the hands of the American people and they deserve answers. I just want to be fully transparent here. Myself, uh, Representative Burchett and Representative Gates had attended um, an Air Force base, and we were blocked not only by the Pentagon, but by the Department of the Air Force from seeing information, talking to witnesses. And after much arm twisting, we got some of the information. But the fact is, is that they answered to Congress and thus the American people. And every any government entity that attempts to stonewall us is doing nothing in the invested interest of the American people. When I take a face value, the numerous roadblocks that we've been presented with, it leads me to believe that they are indeed hiding information. I look forward to bringing this topic to light and finding out the truth of what is really out there. And they basically told us, we're not going to give it to you. The <laughs> arrogance of this general was beyond belief. The Pentagon, this is Department of the Air Force. It was the commanding, oh uh, yeah, of course. It was the commanding uh, general of Eglin Air Force Base. And ultimately, even before we got down there, the Pentagon actually tried to cancel the field hearing. And also, it's important to note that these were whistleblowers, these were pilots that had come forward to Representative Gates's office with information saying this needs to be investigated. We have an increase in sightings in this region, and it's a cause for concern for national security reasons. We don't know what it is. So we went down there. We were stonewalled. They would not give us access to testimony from some of the pilots. They were hiding images and information. We were told there was pictures available, which we still haven't seen. And ultimately what ended up happening is we had to actually call House Armed Services. Chairman Rogers got involved, the Pentagon got involved, the Department of the Air Force got involved. Um, we actually got into um, an argument with the general of that base. And I just it's important to note that we were there simply to follow up on the whistleblowers that came forward with information. And so if Yeah, yeah, she's hot. Uh what what did she say? No, I'm just kidding. No, yeah, it's it's definitely <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it seems like a dog and pony show, man. It 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 does. Doesn't I, it feel like that? It yeah. I, this takes me back to our conversation with uh, probably a, a few weeks ago. Um, <laughs> we were on the phone together. I was I was at the the grocery store buying food, and we were talking about this this alien disclosure. And then we're like, we want it so bad. But once it's disclosed, we don't fucking believe it. Yeah. Because it, it always seems fishy when shit is it, coming out like this. It, it, I, well, because I don't I, trust the government. I know no, you don't either. And I think no. that a lot of the, the listeners and viewers of the show don't trust the government. So when the government says something, we naturally go the other way. And I think that that could be something very, very significant there. You know, it, it's it's kind of exhausting to people that don't think like us, like someone like my dad who, you know, he's not a, a huge conspiracy theorist, but he's always been prone to them. Like he's, uh, you know, halfway and halfway out kind of right. as far as conspiracies go. He was telling me that Mel Gibson's coming out with a four-part uh, child trafficking, excuse me, documentary. And I was just like, but, you know, I mean, like, if he's able to put that out there, all the shit that he's talking about is bullshit. You know, even if there's some facts in there and blah, blah, blah. And he didn't, my dad didn't say it, but I could tell that he wanted to just be like, you're exhausting. You know what I mean? Like, the, the, like you get truth and then you don't want it. You know what I mean? It's, right. it's nihilism or uh, what is the other term for it? 
and you know my dad wasn't rude about it at all he was i i could just see like you know he he was trying to start a conversation about it and i was like no like no i'm not having it um, <laughs> i'm shooting you down right now dad i'm shooting yeah, you down exactly and like i told him about the whole thing about this you know this this fucking sound of freedom is a five-year-old movie and then they release it and then now they're packaging it as new that tim ballard dude is a total fraud mm-hmm. he's not somebody that that cares about kids um jim caviezel is recorded talking about how he is jesus um speaking of the devil my dad is calling me right now let me mute myself real quick all right that's fine take take the call and uh um we can we're gonna go on to uh uh everybody knows about the cocaine bear so uh we're apparently the cocaine shark if sharks uh, aren't terrifying enough to some of you there's a new threat in the waters off of florida how about sharks hopped up on cocaine? Experts say sharks may be gobbling up bales of drugs, which have been dumped off the Florida coast by smugglers. Marine biologists went to study the phenomenon. They conducted experiments and spotted a hammerhead shark swimming into dumped packages and biting into them. That gave them what the scientists, scientists call crazy brain, where they behaved erratically. The phenomenon no, is featured in a new documentary for the Discovery Channel Shark Week, which starts Sunday. It, it it's called coke brain <laughs> like the these motherfuckers <laughs> uh i can't wait for the next documentary of uh cocaine shark to come out so now we're going to move on to tucker on the kennedy files the kennedy assassination files that joe biden just recently uh i guess reclassified like a fucking moron oh, where am i i just need an ice cream. Biden just reclassified the Kennedy documents 60 years after his assassination. No one, even peripherally involved, is still alive. The sources and methods that were supposedly showing the world by declassifying these are so outdated they're irrelevant. They were using disappearing ink in 1963. So why in the world would we be continuing to hide the truth about the Kennedy assassination 60 years later? And of course the answer is obvious because it implicates not individuals, but institutions and reveals them as as complicit in a in a murder and in the overthrow of the U.S. government. The U.S. government is complicit in the overthrow of the U.S. government. And that's the truth. And I know that for a fact because I interviewed someone who saw the documents. Bye. So yeah, <laughs> we have that. Interesting. Yeah, man. Um, everything okay? Found... Oh, go ahead. No, I, no. I said, is everything okay? Yeah, no, everything's fine. My dad ended up, I think, finding who owns this dog. So, oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I like to get it back to uh, to the owner. So, once we wrap up here, I will give those people a call. Um, yeah, man. Uh, so you played some Tucker right there, and then what else we got? Um, let's. Apparently, forget uh, what this is. I'm just going to play it because I, I save stuff sometimes and I forget. If this is true, it changes everything. According to historical records, the first ancient civilization known to us is that of the ancient Sumerians. The Sumerians existed over 6,000 years ago, predating the Egyptians by 1,000 years. They resided in a region known as Mesopotamia, which encompasses present-day Iraq and parts of Iran, Kuwait, Syria, and Turkey. The Sumerians referred to themselves as black-headed ones, or black-headed people, and held a belief in gods known as the Anunnaki, 
described as children of the earth and skies. Some researchers speculate that the ancient Sumerians had a remarkable understanding of the universe, as depicted in artifacts showing the solar system with planets orbiting the sun. Adding to their intrigue are depictions of ancient handbags and bracelets. The Sumerians made groundbreaking inventions, including the wheel, alphabet, and the calendar we use today. They also developed irrigation systems for farming and established a system to measure time in seconds, minutes, and hours. Some believe that knowledge was bestowed upon them. The Sumerian civilization appears to have been one of the most advanced of its time, challenging modern explanations of our history. The discovery of 30,000 stone tablets from ancient Sumeria includes the story called the Epic of Gilgamesh, which features a great flood, an event also found in many other religious texts. Scientists link the end of the last ice age to several temperature anomalies and a significant rise in sea levels, likely caused by an asteroid impact. This catastrophic event may have led to the rapid melting of ice and widespread devastation to various species, including animals, plants, and humans. Some speculate that the tale of the Great Flood is not a mere myth, but a way of passing down knowledge through generations to ensure its survival. Recent findings, such as Gobekli Tepe in Upper Mesopotamia, dating back at least 11,600 years, have questioned the age and origins of the Sumerians. It is still uncertain where the ancient Sumerians originated from, and some theories suggest they may have migrated south into southern Mesopotamia, where the people of Gobekli Tepe became the Sumerians we know today. Feel free to share your thoughts. And hmm. I like Interesting. It. I, it, yeah, I don't know why I saved that for cunt. I mean, it's cool. <laughs> I, I, see, yeah. that's the thing, man. Like, all this stuff doesn't need to be current event shit. You know what I mean? Right. I had some things saved with, like, chemtrails and, you know, Ted Gunderson, why he potentially got killed. Um, you know, this is older stuff. I mean, that's what conspiracy in the news is, dude. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to break something. Uh, we're going to be the first to break this. What is it? Well, before we play it, I was going to say I either wanted to pause or uh, wrap up right after this. Um, okay. It's up to you. I'm down to do either one, but I want to get I want to call these people um, just because if it was my dog, dude, like every fucking moment would be would be stressful for me. So um, it's up to you. What do you want to do? Let's uh, we'll play this. We'll play this clip. Um, Hank, I know you sent me something. We'll play it next week on, on, on cunt, but I think we'll leave the listeners with this and then okay. we can the cunt of the week. What could be a break in one of the most intriguing cold cases in our country's history. In the early seventies, a hijacker calling himself DB Cooper jumped from an oh, airliner in flight carrying 200,000 bucks in ransom cash and disappeared in the woods of the Pacific Northwest. His fate remained unknown, his true identity a mystery that is perhaps until now, thanks to this exclusive interview Alex Jones. ABC's Pierre Thomas. I'm certain he was my uncle, Lynn Doyle Cooper. This woman has reignited the investigation into the only unsolved hijacking in U.S. Attention history. Whore. Her name is Marla Cooper, and she says her uncle is the infamous hijacker, D.B. Cooper. This is not an alias. No. You believe that your uncle was D.B. Cooper? Yes, I do. The identity of D.B. Cooper has been a mystery since November 24, 1971, when a man calling himself Dan Cooper hijacked and threatened to blow up a passenger jet flying from Portland to Seattle. 
he ordered the plane to land and demanded a $200,000 ransom and a parachute. After Cooper's demands were met and the plane took off from Mexico, per his request, Cooper did the unthinkable. He lowered the back stairs and jumped out of a speeding 727, thousands of feet over the Pacific Northwest during a raging storm. The air was freezing. I mean, this was negative, like, I think negative four degrees at that, le at that height. And when he opens the stairs, the blast from the jet engines above, completely deafening. He disappeared despite a massive manhunt, becoming something of a folk hero, iconic, even the subject of a movie. <laughs> the one big case where the FBI did not get their man. Marla Cooper says she now remembers a conversation with her father before he died in 1995 that she didn't fully understand at the time. My father made a comment about his long-lost brother, my uncle L.D., and said that he thought he was still alive but hiding from the FBI. And I questioned why he would be hiding. He said, don't you remember he hijacked that airplane? A couple of years ago, my mother made a com another comment, a similar comment. Why have you decided to come forward? Actually, I contacted the FBI as soon as I was sure that what I was remembering were real memories. There's a crime that's taken place that hasn't been solved, and I'm the only person, as far as I know, who knows what happened. Marla was eight at the time of the hijacking. My two uncles, whom I only saw at holiday time, were planning something very mischievous. They left to supposedly go turkey hunting, and Thanksgiving morning I was waiting for them to return. A day later, Northwest Orient Flight 305 was indeed hijacked. Her uncle L.D. came home claiming to be in a car accident. My uncle L.D. was wearing a white t-shirt and he was bloody and bruised and a mess and I was horrified. I began to cry and uh, my other uncle who was with L.D. Um, said, Marla, just shut up and go get your dad. I definitely think it was strange that he he disappeared like that. Mahler's mother, Grace Haley, believes her brother-in-law could be the hijacker. I think it was more what I didn't know that made me suspicious than, uh, than what I did know because when any time the subject would come up, it just immediately got cut back off again. Haley says L.D. grew up in Sisters, Oregon. Kind of cool. He was familiar with the area where the hijacker jumped. He was a logger, an outdoorsman, tough enough, she believes, to jump out of a plane into the wilderness. <laughs> Marla doesn't know much about her uncle other than he was a Korean War veteran and that he was obsessed with a comic book character who may have inspired the name of the hijacker. He had the Dan Cooper comic books thumbtacked to the wall next to his bed. I think he idolized the guy and conjured this crazy scheme in his mind. She provided the FBI with the guitar strap in this photo to check for fingerprints. So far, no prints have been found. Authorities are investigating this new lead in the case, but whether L.D. and D.B. Cooper are one and the same is difficult, if not impossible, to prove. I'm Pierre Thomas for Nightline in Oklahoma City. How cool. That's a fun one to end on, honestly, because that's like that is one of like the holy grail conspiracy yeah. theories out there, right? It is. Um, now, that I, fair disclosure, we're not breaking anything here. That That was reported a few years ago. Okay. But, I mean, come on. It, Have a little fun. 
want to know who DB Cooper was. I mean, I think it'd be dope. And like just the idea, like unless those people are total bullshit artists, obviously I was saying attention whore at the beginning because that's my first go to thing. It's like right. my my you know, my dad was uh so and so, you know what I mean? Like uh some fucking hunted man. Right. But uh you know that that is like watching her uh, I mean, she could be a trained professional. Watching her give that interview, I mean, she wasn't rapidly blinking. She wasn't fucking looking everywhere like her. her. She passes the ghost test. We'll say that. I think, you know, just just the idea of waking up or like not waking up, but like just thinking like, yeah, D.B. Cooper could be my uncle. That's kind (laughs) of cool, dude. That's kind (laughs) of cool. Unless they're total bullshit artists. (laughs) At least that's a cool story. So, dude, yeah, great, great uh, clip to end on. And, yeah, I wanted to go longer, too. But, you know, I want to get this taken care of. And unless you want to wait for another 30 minutes to get it done, then. No, dude, we're at two hours. So let's uh, let's do this. Why don't you go fuck yourself, dickhead? You are a cunt, For some reason, and I did check, I confirmed on my uh, on my feed when I play it, that doesn't uh-huh. pick up properly. It's like a weird. Like well, it sounds, I'll have to send you the audio. Well, I can I can just insert it there. But um, yeah, I just been uh, I for some reason I thought I should check, and I was like, oh yeah, this doesn't sound right. Um, cunt of the week. Do you have one on on the tip of your tongue there? I do. Who? My cunt of the week in the very best way possible is all the fans of cunt. Oh man. You guys, you, it's been a year. You, you guys have supported us and watched us grow way back when it was conspiracy in the news and uh, so gay and what have you. And now, I mean, I mean, I guess cunt is gay too, but. Come on, all the cunt supporters out there, you guys are the cunts of the week in a good way. I love it. Yeah, that's actually a good one. It's the best one, I think. I don't know if I can really upstage that. On a more you know traditional note, who would be my cunt of the week? We didn't really talk about individual people that were that bad here, did we? No. We talked about like that. Big Pharma a little bit and stuff like that. I would say, you know, like the people that put out who who's the creator? Let me see really quick if I can find this before we wrap. The creator, uh, God, no, inventor of something. I'm gonna show right now. Uh, uh, the uh, the the Cunslayer three thousand. The Cunslayer three thousand. Okay. <laughs> That should have been the that should have been the fucking email <laughs> subject line. Did you like the email subject line? I did like it. Yeah, of course. I always like them. They're always uh, really embarrassing. If I was to pull this up, uh, you know, I didn't would... make it. I didn't make it gross this week. It wasn't gross, but it was definitely a weird one. It, uh. Okay, so I I mean I don't know exactly. I was trying to find the inventor of polyester underwear. But the polyester, uh, you know, the people that came out with polyester was DuPont. It yeah. seems like um, that's one of the thirteen bloodlines of the Illuminati. So we'll we'll call DuPont um, the cunts of the week. Well, there you go. I gave a positive one, Ryan, the radical one. He always goes negative. 
because he's yin and we yang, we zig and we zag. <laughs> we do, and uh, that's what I love about this show and love about doing this with you. On that note, everybody out there, I hope you loved the one year anniversary of fucking Pound Town on Cunt, and we will see you next Tuesday.